Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. Hosts Rich and Susan Kohlenberg found freedom from 25 years of out-of-control drug and alcohol addiction. They are living testimonials, and in their series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain, Rich and Susan share messages on the problems we face and how Jesus Christ is the remedy to reasoning and thinking right thoughts. Learn how to break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And once again, we'd like to thank you for letting us into your radio and welcome you to the series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain. What have we been noticing? We have been noticing how man behaves as he is infected with fear and selfishness. You know, kind of reading the Bible as a storybook of uh, man running from God and God right. chasing after man and all the lies that are floating around. Uh, and, of course, we've been also noticing how God behaves in trying to heal us or cure the infection, if you will. That's right. We're on uh, Program 26, and we've been covering or tracing the steps of the children of Israel as they come out of Egypt, and you know, the uh, we can always look to the Bible to see stories, but God is saying those stories are for you to look at. Have you come out of Egypt? And today we're going to talk a little bit about us coming out of Egypt. And whether or not Egypt has come out of us. Right, or has Egypt come come out of us. That's right. Remind me to ask you that question a little bit later. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Would you like to begin again the program with a word of prayer, Susan? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, we desire right now that you would send your spirit to help us communicate correctly the, um, the problems we have, but even more so the great solutions that you have in store for, for everyone. And what is our part to play in that? How do we get to um, be your ambassadors to share the good news of the gospel? Uh, once again, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You know... God is our great physician. Uh, He wants to make us well. We're his patients, and it really doesn't do us much good if we're afraid of the doctor. You ever been afraid of your doctor? And doesn't do it doesn't do you much good because the doctor is there when he diagnoses and and gives you a prescription. You got to trust the doctor. If you think he's a quack, you're not going to take the prescription. Right. And uh, so that's kind of what we're we're looking at the Bible. There's been a lot of different prescriptions given. Um, Mary's prescription, I guess, was kind of to be at Jesus' feet. Like mm-hmm. every time you see her, she's washing his feet with her hair. She's at his, uh, she's at his, at his feet at his crucifixion. She's at, I believe, she's one of the women that was there for the burial. Yeah, she was there at the resurrection. The right, mm-hmm. and so that was her prescription. But then the demoniac. Um, the cutter, you know, remember him, mm-hmm. uh, he wanted to get on the boat with Jesus, but his prescription was different. It was right. go give your testimony to the, to the Decapolis. Go tell everybody what I've done for you. Right. So everybody's prescription's a little bit different. Right. Um, but God has your the, the right prescription for, for us. Uh, the, he's dealing with patients that are deviant from his original design. And what God is doing is trying to bring us back into harmony with the, with his ways. That's right, because the Bible tells us that all have sinned and come uh, fall short of the glory of God. We all have a medical condition, and it needs a remedy. We have a brain that is infected with fear and selfishness, 
and we are always wanting to choose yep. the path of least resistance. Yep. You know, the fear and selfishness, selfishness runs so deep in us that it seems that we can only escape by using the methods of self-protection. And this is where our addictions come in. The habits that we create to alleviate the worst form of pain that there is, and that pain is fear. You bet. So, um, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Was your brain more infected with fear and selfishness 30 years ago or today? What was, what was going on with you 30 years ago? 30 years ago, um, I was living a life of addiction. You know, I was completely uh, selfish and self-centered and, and just desiring to be free from the pain that I was experiencing. But did you think you were selfish and self-centered at that I, time? At that point, I was just trying to survive. See, and that's the interesting thing. What happens is is when we're in that trajectory, if mm-hmm. you will, we continue to do brain damage, more and more brain damage, and it, it that trajectory could be a substance addiction or a behavioral addiction. Right. We're doing whatever it takes to alleviate pain. Which, and it just creates more damage, and that's why sometimes our, our family members or friends of people who are addicts just don't understand, and, and it's been years and years, and they and they won't change, and they won't change. You know, I was an addict for 25 years, Yeah. and my case was hopeless. Yeah. But uh, once you... Humanly speaking. Humanly speaking. And so, you know, we, we, we should always be praying for those. Even I know that people have been so hurt by, by people like me, but, but that's the whole beautiful story of our conversion and our walk with God is that, you know, there change is possible. You know, it reminds me of King David when he said, Create in me a clean heart, O Lord, renew a right spirit within me. Then I will teach grand transgressors your way, right. and I will bring people to you. In other words, I, you know, you're going to take this ugly thing that I did, right. and you're going to flip it around. Because I, I, we know, we know the sickness and 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 the the pain that addicts cause in life. We are not trying to downplay that. Um, whether they be alcoholics or thieves or whatever it may be, um, we recognize the damage that's caused by addiction. But we also recognize the power of God, and the power of God is to heal and to restore and to reunite. And um, as a person is still alive, there's still that possibility. Still hope. You bet. So what were some of the things that happened to you or that you caused that really changed you well I was sexually molested when I was young and and that that's something that happened to me that changed me at a very very young age and so I felt um, and I I not only felt it but I knew that I was dirty different and different and unlovable and that I would never be what I was supposed to be because of what happened to me. I was, I would always be a damaged person Mm -hmm. and I was angry and I was afraid and it would, and it was very, it was, I was angry because something was taken from me that I didn't have control over. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, I was, so I was angry with God and, um, you know, so, so I sought out the ways to, to deaden that, that pain that I had because because what you told yourself dirty unlovable and all these 
things that you told yourself about yourself became you. Yeah, they were my reality. It was it, my truth. Because you told yourself those things before you had the ability to reason because you were, what, five years old? Right. And so so that becomes who you are. So the rest of your life, you're looking through that lens. Right. That's who I was. Colors. That, that, was, my, that was the core of my being. Yeah. I, everything operated, my whole, uh, everything that I did operated from that core. And so then you, you go along through life in an effort to to medicate that pain and, and leave a wake of destruction everywhere you go, Absolutely. simply, quote unquote, trying to survive. Exactly. Right? Okay. Well, then when did you come out of Egypt? Well, I think it was... Uh, metaphor, metaphorically well, you, speaking. You know, the, the last time that I was arrested, these were the things that I was afraid of. I was afraid that I would die an addict. I, w- I was afraid that I was unlovable. I was afraid that I'd be found out. I was afraid that I'd be caught, and I was afraid I couldn't stop. And the last time that I was in jail, because I'd been in several times and in a, out, of, out of programs and everything, a woman came to me, and she said, I don't know why you do what you do to yourself. Um, can I pray with you? And all I know is that at that point in time, I had hit rock bottom, you know, I was 20 pounds lighter than what I am today, and I'm pretty pretty fit today, and my hair was falling out, and my teeth were falling out, and um, I was hopeless. But at after that prayer, it was like that opened my heart to God. So you had a pretty long list of fears there. Yes. every I was afraid of everything. Everything, right? Everything and everybody. When you were high, were you afraid? Or did it take some of that away? I think it probably took some of that away. It kind of put me, I think, into oblivion. So I sure. was. So probably I just wasn't thinking. Sure. You know that that's. You know, I'm sure that the fear was there, but it it was masked. I was numb. So. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, numb. So uh, so when did you come out of Egypt or, or out of your addiction, if you will? Well, I think it was right there at that point in when they when, prayed over you. When when when. When somebody prayed over you? When somebody prayed with me, and and um, I I opened my eyes, and from that point on, I've never had the obsession to use drugs again, and that was a brand new feeling for me at age 35. So was it like, like oh, that's right. There's always God. Maybe I need to try him, because I know with me, you know, I, I got the 41 years, your way hasn't worked, Rich. Right. Um, this is what your best thinking right. got you was a life of drug addiction. And you, you have this, what they call a moment of clarity. Right. And all of a sudden you see things the way they are right. just for a second. It's kind of like you don't have to die. Yeah. There's, you don't have to yeah, do this. There's always God. Yeah. And he, and he, and he kind of lets you say, okay, it's going to be, it's going to be simple, but it's not going to be easy. Right. But there is a way. Right. You know, I know that's kind of what happened to me. So, so you came out of Egypt about what, 21 years ago? Yes. Okay. So when did Egypt come out of you? I think it's still happening. It's still happening. It's still happening. Those fears and and self-protection still arises. Sometimes, you know, some more than others. Sure. But um, it's still there. Yeah. So are your fears today different? Yeah, they're different. You deal with them different? I deal with them differently. Yeah, I mean, okay. So, uh, give me an example of how you deal with with fears now. I, if, is it part of maybe a regimen or a? I think you know what I think that uh, setting your day off correctly by um, 
having that time that you spend with God in whatever way a person desires to do that. I like to read and pray and, um, you know, I, I like to think in, about going outside. And even though the world is not um, the way it was in the beginning, you know, we have animals and, and a beautiful nature. Nature, exactly. Yeah. And then, and then when I do, you know, I, I put out my fears right then and there. What about you know. a, what, what about a person like me that that, that it's dark in the morning mm-hmm. and I mean I play you know sermon tapes on my way to work and stuff like that is and that, that helps that right? helps oh because that helps it me redirects the brain yeah it, it it helps us look at the big picture again once we've got God in the forefront of our mind uh, and we step back and we look I know we what what movie did we see about the atomic bomb the other day and I mean I, I, yeah and how quick everything can change. Right. And I think a lot of times we get we get tunnel vision mm-hmm. on our little problems, and right? So that's why that's why God want you know God want we we need to be set right every single day, every single day, because our brain because we wake up with that selfish brain, right, our you know that's that that human flesh right that fights against the spiritual nature, yeah. That that humanity, that fleshly nature, just wants to come in and take over. And God says, "You know, I'm not going to uh, force you. You must choose each day who you're going to serve. Choose this day. That's right. And and it takes a long time. You know, it takes to even a, develop that desire to, to say, okay, I'm going to choose. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of times, God help me to be willing to be willing to be willing to do your will. Exactly. You know, I did. I I said that many a many time. And you know what? I even did that when I was in recovery, and yet still went back out and used again. Mm-hmm. Help me to be willing to be willing to be willing, because um, the natural heart is is unwilling. Do you think now understanding that sin is a state of being selfish helps? Because the, I know for me identifying what I'm doing and what are my motivations am I motivated selfishly or not what's the right thing to do now step back get to level five or level six moral development here and and say what's best for everybody concerned rich you're acting selfish right because you know my knee-jerk reactions my knee-jerk reaction is no I don't want to do it right but I mean exactly so standing back and say what is going to be best for that other person and God is saying not only is it going to be best for that other person but in the long run it really is best for you yep because you're doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do we were talking about the 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 Samaritan mm-hmm. yes and the the Levite and the, yes. and the, the priest yes and you know, I think Luther said the, Martin the, Luther King. Martin Luther King yes. said, "Yeah, because you had it on the wall there. I couldn't see what the quote, who the quote yeah. was." So Martin Luther King, and what did he say? He said, uh, "He said if the if the priest and the Levite they were worried about themselves, right? If they if they were going to stop, what was it going to do for them? Yeah. Right? So and, it says the the first question, which is the priest and the Levites asked was." If she I just stop, she just she just whipped this up on her phone. That's like, why she's I, reading yeah, it right now. So okay, so this is the quote by Martin Luther King. The first question which the priest and the Levite asked was, "If I stop to help this man, what will happen to me?" But the Good Samaritan reversed the question: "If I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him?" And then we want to take it one more one step farther. Right. If we do not stop to help the man, what are we doing to ourselves? Right. Because that causes damage. Because right. if you run from those types of 
situations, Mm -hmm. you wire what you fire. Right. And you run more and you turn into that person that is not helpful anymore. Right. You're promoting your own, your own selfishness and then you become that selfish person. And you know what? It can be cloaked in so many different ways. The the heart is wicked. Desperately wicked. Right. Who can know it? Who can know it? Yeah. Now, according to the National Institute of Mental Health, anxiety disorders, fears, are the most common mental health problem in America, affecting 28.8% of adults at some point in their lives. And the rate of anxiety disorder disorder incidents appears uh, to be on the rise even right now. Right. When the fear center of the brain, which is called the amygdala, is activated and it is not calmed, it triggers a cascade of caustic events which ravages our bodies and our brains. Yeah, see, the sympathetic nervous system activates the release of stress hormones. I'm going to try to pronounce them, glucocorticoids and adrenaline, and everybody knows what adrenaline is, and inflammatory factors, cytokines. The inflammatory factors wreak havoc on the body, increasing illness, metabolic problems, and pain. The continual elevation of these inflammatory factors eventually react back on the brain. And this is what this is out of a book called The God-Shaped Brain by Dr. Tim Jennings, and it talks about the uh, effect of fear, of, of, of running in a, a posture of fear, and what it actually does to the brain. And it causes the suppression of genes that produce proteins called neurotropic factors. One such protein is brain-derived neurotropic factor. It's BDNF. It, it's like, uh, like fertilizer for your brain. It's BD, uh, brain-derived and, because the brain makes it, and it's neurotrophic, referring that it's something that makes neurons grow. Think of BDF, BDNF as like fertilizer for your neurons. When the protein is available, the neurons that get it grow stronger, and send out more connections to other neurons, increasing brain circuits. The brain even makes new neurons under the influence of such proteins. That's right. So um, when the protein is available in the right brain regions, we can learn faster and easier. When this protein and other proteins like it are unavailable, the brain stops making new neurons, and the neurons we have begin to wither and die. So a fearful brain is in a physiological tailspin. Mm-hmm. When the fear center of the brain is activated and not calmed, it causes the suppression of this vital brain fertilizer and the rich nutritional fluids that the neurons like. Not only do the neurons themselves make BDNF, but supporting cells also make it, and it keeps your brain healthy. But fear's a big deal. It changes the brain. It stunts the growth of the brain. It leads to more fear, which leads to more brain damage. And it's like a chain reaction. It it can ruin a person. But you know what? Not only does it ruin our brains, but everybody out there, you guys all know how stress and fear can make you sick. It can, yeah, it can make you physiologically. That's right. Sick. They say that the, that those are the root that it's the root causes of a lot of the diseases that we carry. Yeah, that anxiety we have. because you have all these this caustic stuff That's going right. on and it never shuts down. That's right. And, and and so it's it has effect on our internal organs, our nervous system, and our brains. It's yeah. it's real stuff. So, Rich, yes. What are some of your fears that you're that you had when you were a practicing addict? Well, you know, one of the biggest fears I had was a fear of death. Okay. Um, 
and I used to run around masking it, telling everybody, "Oh, I'm gonna, uh, it's, I'm cool. I'll be dead by by age thirty anyway." And I'm, cool. but deep down inside, I was I was super afraid. I had a friend of mine die when I was in the third grade, and it, it just didn't register. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not wired to deal with death. It's an intruder. Right. It's it's it was never in God's design. Right. It, it's an invader and it's a intruder. Uh, the 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 devil is the author of death. The devil is the author of death and and pain and suffering. And, uh, you know, I didn't want anybody to get too close because I knew I was an actor. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. I didn't want to get hurt, but I think more importantly, I didn't, anyone, I didn't want anyone to know who I really was. Right. So I guess I was running on the fear of pain or the fear of not being accepted. You know, it's just this whole cluster of stuff because mm-hmm. when you're afraid of things, you become an actor and you play to the audience and you don't let anybody get close enough to you and, and, to know and, you. And it's weird because then we act like like Adam in the garden. We're naked, ashamed, and we're afraid, and we try to build a protective yeah. suit to cover us. Yeah. Today. Yes, where are we today? My fears today are, uh, well, I have a list. you want to hear it? Sure. Well, Susan has moved into full-time ministry. <laughs> now I'm the only one in the house with a paying job. That kind of freaks me out. <laughs> but we're also in the process of publishing a new workbook. We're making a, uh, the workbook uh, out of some of the resources that we're already using in, in one of our classes. Uh, it's a book called Could It Be This Simple by Dr. Timothy Jennings. And the book will go through things like the power of belief. You know, if you believe a lie, even though it's a lie, it will change you in the hierarchy of the mind, and that tells us uh, that this, this chapter breaks down the carnal nature and, uh, the, and spiritual the spiritual nature. nature. And there's a chapter on the destroyer within, and that's your genetic vulnerabilities, you know, sensualism, egotism, materialism. And then there's the upset of the balance in the brain, the law of liberty. There's a chapter called Shadow People, and it reminds me of a girl that we were working with in one of the prisons that we were teaching in, She'd committed murder, and she was going through the book, and she got to the chapter Shadow People, and it changed her life forever, almost instantly. Mm-hmm. There's okay. a chapter on the law of love. That's and, right, the yeah. law of love and one on love's counterfeits. There's a chapter on faith and rest- on restoring order. It's one of my favorites and spiritual warfare. warfare. And so we're really excited because we just got permission from Dr. Jennings in order to create a workbook that we think is going to be a fabulous resource for anybody, for all of us. And we're also expanding our recovery program to local jails and reentry programs. And we'll, we'll get you some more information on that when we get the details lined out. We also have on our radar screen something else that has me a little nervous. We're looking at opening a transitional home slash addiction recovery program. This is something we wanted to do since we began going into Folsom Prison three years ago, and this is going to require some serious faith, prayer, and you guessed it, money. That's right. Yes. We believe that, you know, we have started our, that we're seeing prisoners that are released that need a little bit of a jump start, especially the women. There's a lot of women, a lot of prisoners out there. They need to get their driver's license. They need transportation, a job, and most importantly, they need a safe place to live just so they can get their feet on the ground, just as a transition, because you know what? They're going to be our neighbors. Yeah. And so I, we we just feel like we're compelled to get in there and to, to help people who are in this state. Yeah. So, you know, at, at the prison, we're, gonna, we're soon going to enter our fourth year of addiction recovery classes. Thanks to you, during those two-hour meetings, which are held once a week, 
We've been able to give away over 500 new Bibles, 700 Just As I Am Ministries clean workbooks, 300 Just As I Am Ministries prayer journals, as well as hundreds of other gospel-related materials. And, and we're also updating our websites. In our six-plus years on the air, we've never asked for financial support to keep the things going. And you know what? It's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> We're having a hard runs, time doing yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> it runs on autopilot for the most part. Uh, if you want to join us in helping the underprivileged or, or those to, uh, that, that have made serious mistakes and are trying to get their life together, uh, give us a call at 916-645-1297. And you can also give online through PayPal or send a check or any way. And, and what's, our, what's our website? Our website is www.justasiamministries.com. Yeah, so if you're new to the program, you can go to our website, listen to the programs that have already been aired. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Do love them? Can I feel his pain? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose in the series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain? If you or someone you know is living in the captivity of addiction and having trouble finding freedom, Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that God does work miracles. They've created a seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the addiction recovery workbook for yourself, someone you know, or your church, Call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com and they'll send one to you. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. Contact them at 916-645-1297 or online at justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.